Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. <laughs> on Wikipedia, it says Jack Eichel's nickname is the Eichel Tower for his Never dominating presence <laughs> for his dominating <laughs> presence <laughs> i mean that's a good nickname but like <laughs> clearly i don't think it should be on his wikipedia because no one fucking calls him that and Bruins podcast. I am Drew Johnson. This is episode 21, the Andrew Ferens episode. Uh, and Cameron Hasbrook is not here today. He got coronavirus. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't. That's bad rumor to spread. Uh, he is working. He is a working man now, so he is not here with us this week. What a loser. What a loser. We do have Chris Gear, and we what have up? a very special guest uh colin mcdonald from bruins diehards which i guess we should say we are from bruins diehards as well but uh <laughs> and so is cam so is cam now big news yeah in um, case you didn't see his tweet that he just had to uh get out to the world to let everyone know that he's you know in bruins diehards now yeah. <laughs> um so yeah what are you guys uh what are you guys drinking how are you guys doing well I'm keeping it simple today, boys. Every time I listen to one of your podcasts, it's like, what what beer are you drinking? And you have to read like a small novella to like uh, read <laughs> off. It's like the Winged Foot's Dog's Paw uh, Indian Pale Ale Pilsner. <laughs> so I'm keeping it simple. Got the Coors Light and we're going to see how many uh, we can drink before someone has to leave. We need to well, we need to start a brewery for brews and Bruins. <laughs> that would be that. Yep. The Wingfoot yeah. Dogs Pod. Yeah. Um, yep. Well, I have two beers open. I was going to open the Ballast Point Sculpin and be like, "Hey, I'm drinking a, a San Diego beer," but no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tout my uh, PBR right here. It is a uh, is a Blue Ribbon Award winning beer. Uh, can't go wrong with it. It's kind of like my high school. It's a Blue Ribbon school. <laughs> i think that's where it comes from i think that's what yeah, it is. they just they just uh, got a huge stock of pbrs and they yeah slap the award on the front of the school uh, i'm drinking really a, for high school <laughs> yeah all the all the schools in my town the high schools the middle schools the elementary schools, elementary preschool it's a very very i hate this town um anyway uh remnant <laughs> brewing is where uh from uh somerville is where this uh, company is. It's a clip art IPA, which I just love the name of, because if you ever use if you ever use like a Microsoft Word between the year two thousand and two thousand seven, then you've seen a lot of clip art. I would assume. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'd say uh, so. That was a really anyway. good Boston accent, by the way. That was that was definitely. Thank you, really, Somerville. I my Boston really accent good, comes and out. It wasn't bad. <laughs> it definitely wasn't bad. Like it definitely was not bad. Like it was good. It was a really, 
really good accent. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know if you're being uh, sarcastic or not now. But, uh, I've never been sarcastic in my life. I never, I'm <laughs> a really serious guy. That's why my uh, Twitter picture is Zidane Ochoa. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess so we, we should, we should we get should... to that quick. Yeah, Do you want to like plug your Twitter and what you do over at Bruins Diehards? Well, uh, I do nothing. No. Um, so my Twitter is at SpokedZ. The big reveal. I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm really uh, fucking creative. Um, but that's that's my Twitter. It's not my real name. Uh, and then for Bruins diehards, I am. I think my official title is social media and content director, which means uh, nothing. Yeah, I literally <laughs> fire off a lot of really dumb tweets that apparently people enjoy. Uh, I'm usually the one live tweeting the games, and um, I think they regret giving me as much uh, power as, as, they, <laughs> as they did. But also, can't leave them out because it's our one of our newer partnerships. I also do the social media for the Pride diehards, the Boston Pride and WHL. Nice, yeah. Absolute wagon. Uh, they're awesome. Really cool people, so... We're yeah. hopefully going to do more content stuff with them too. But that's one of the many. We have a couple different things going on in the works right now that are going to be really, really cool for the off season next season, um, and maybe the playoffs if they ever start. Yeah, if, actually, if sorry the the round robin <laughs> exhibition ghost games that don't count as regular season <laughs> or playoffs. So like when like fifty years from now, we'll look back if. Uh, alive um and uh like this, these games never happened like they just never did so like the stats aren't gonna count yeah it, anyways sorry it'll that, have its that's, own that's column me, it'll have its own Twitter. column it'll be yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the ghost games yeah so colin i have one question before we uh keep going you don't have to answer because it's a very sensitive subject uh are you at etd 51 uh it, I'm going to get sued. Whoever this ETD51 guy is, he definitely hates me because thanks to positive Bruins fan Jeff. Shouts to Jeff Israel. He's Oh, I love that guy. He's the best. Literally, when he got the, the shirts off our back for, for being positive Bruins fan on Twitter and he was on my television, I pissed myself. It was, I was crying laughing. Like, hysteric, <laughs> like, oh my god, that was incredible. But no, I am not. Uh, Jeff started that because, okay, I got my brother uh, Hartford Whalers hats for his birthday, and randomly in the package, 47 brand, just included a Colorado uh, yes. Rockies bandana. <laughs> so I, like, tweeted it out, you know, the Rockies tweeted back at me, not a big deal. Um, and then, like... Com- complimenting the lettuce. Uh Yeah. Which doesn't exist anymore, thank Christ. Since departed. Uh, yeah, RAP in peace. Um, but then, I guess, on Instagram, ETD had bought... Sorry, ETD51 uh, had bought a Colorado Rockies flat brim hat and posted it to his story. And Israel, out of nowhere, tweeted at me, are you ETD? Because ETD <laughs> took a leave of absence from Twitter for a little bit. And now people are randomly just telling me that I am that person 
despite <laughs> the fact that I am not ETD five one. We're just both, you know, bandwagon ETD uh, huge, Ryan Spooner. Colorado Rockies fans. And now he is, people just he, it's a compliment for me, but him he's like, Jesus Christ. I have, yeah. <laughs> he's probably gonna start tweeting more often now just to not be associated with <laughs> some loser that has what, you, what you should do what you should do is like right when he tweets you should just copy and paste it and tweet it yourself oh. and then just to spike Whoops. spike up the rumors <laughs> yeah no I'll, I'll copy and paste his tweet i'll tweet it out and then immediately quote tweet myself and say oh my god whoops i tweeted this out twice and then you're like, oh gotcha but no but yeah no so people keep doing that and like if i was etd 51 i'd probably like Delete, well, my, delete my account and start a new one because like once you get t- compared to Stokesy, it's terrible yeah so <laughs> we, we've the story's the score, out so we, we'll 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 tweet this out people will know yeah i'm sure um, no one i'm sure no one's going to continue running with this <laughs> etd51 equals Spokesy uh trade tree so so jeff jeff israel is like kind of associated with the brunch podcast that dj bean and pete blackburn do yeah they're best uh, buddies he's, he's yeah he's like he's friends with them he's been on the podcast a few times and that um and i was listening to that, their podcast at one time and they were talking about etd uh who apparently listens to brunch um he i guess tweeted at uh dj and pete while they were at a concert or something like hey man mm-hmm. i see you guys and they're like, "Oh, cool! Want to meet up?" And he's like, "Nah." He's got so dude, that's he keeps his anonymity. That's his like, level. Just, that's his level of he's that, to anonymity. Imagine being that cool. Like I mm-hmm. must be nice. Like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, Pete. DJ, I'm also a huge. Like, I'm a huge ETD hipster too, because I think I followed him when he had like 300 followers, and I was just like, "Dude, this guy's hilarious!" and Humble nah, brag right there. Yeah, I mean, he's all the way up to like four thousand or something. So, Some, yeah, <laughs> month, yeah, that's see, not the same guy. Not that's not the same guy. Not I've been me. I've been hovering around a thousand for like three weeks now. I got to like a thousand and six followers, and now I'm at like nine ninety eight again. So. Dude, the the pause is cruel. People are just like, yeah, this guy is not useful for me anymore. So I'm not gonna <laughs> follow him. What am I? What what am I at now? You're over a thousand. Oh, five fifty on the eleven fifty six. One thousand one hundred and fifty six. I'll send you guys my Venmo for the uh, for this podcast. Cause yeah, well, I'd rather you just this, rather you just send send me your followers because hey, yeah, share the wealth. Yeah, um, uh, ETD is not one of them because we're not the same person. So <laughs> we we got all these people following Colin and Drew, and I'm I've been stuck on five fifty for. Since You'll get I, there, dude. Don't since worry, I've been man. writing for, yeah, I, when I quit writing for THW, I dropped down like twenty followers, and it's been a slow climb back up to five fifty, and it has been <laughs> like five fifty one, five forty nine, and nothing more, nothing less for like three years. <laughs> Don't worry, man. You'll get there, dude. I'm not worried about my follower count. I'm worried about the content I'm putting out. There you Which go. Sucks People crave too, so. hashtag content. Your, con- well, your, your <laughs> follower count is a, reflects your content. So yeah, yeah. So that's why I just I got skyrocketed. <laughs> um. So shall we get go into Bruins. some? 
Yeah. Should we get? No, this is the whole podcast. Okay, cool. So, who? How many followers does BSC have? How many does Cam? (laughs) Let's go through the ringer. Um. So yeah, I think maybe we should start with this dreaded topic of uh, because there's really not much else to talk about. Jack Eichel. Um. You know, your 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 next Bruins alternate captain, actually captain, he's going to take over for Z right when he joins Whoa. the team. Uh, it's going to be a part of his contract. He's the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of rumors going around that Jack Eichel could come to the Bruins. I really don't know where that started. It, it, I know it. I know it was. It began probably like a couple months ago. But hey, since- you hear this guy's uh, unhappy in Buffalo? Hey. Hey, Boston. I, I hear he likes Boston. That's well, crazy because like, to, no uh, one's ever been unhappy in Buffalo. Like that's he went never, to BU. Like, everyone and he's knows from that. the area, right? Yeah. I don't so, know who who's who is this Jack Eichel? Who is that? It's, uh, Jackery, some, some guy. Jackery Eichelzia. Yeah, um, that's his full name. Oh wait, yo, 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 wait, wait, yo, I just uh. John Robert Jack Eichel is what it says on Wikipedia. Jack in quotation marks. Yeah, nice. Um, We've been living a lie. I want to say he's from Chelmsford. It's north or south Chelmsford. Yeah, north, north, north Chelmsford. Wow, he's my age. Oh no, I'm older than him by uh, by almost two months. Damn, how washed do you feel? Well, I mean, you're more successful. No, no, I'm retired now from the NHL, so he's he's only got a couple months left to go. Does uh, he but have a yeah, podcast? yeah, yeah. He's actually our next guest. Oh, he's our next guest, and I just almost broke a fucking lamp. <laughs> yeah, Jack Eichel is our next guest for sure, and he'll become the host, just like Colin. Colin's about to uh, boot out Cam after this stunning episode that is to be. Um, on Wikipedia, it says Jack Eichel's nickname is the Eichel Tower. For his, presence, <laughs> for his dominating presence. For his dominating presence. I mean, that's a good nickname, but like, <laughs> clearly, I don't think it should be on his Wikipedia because no one fucking calls him that. I'm just I imagining Doc, Doc Emmerich. The Eichel Tower. The Eichel Tower scores. <laughs> Waffle boarding. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and a what... towering shot from the Eichel <laughs> oh, Tower. Oh, my God. <laughs> So what do you guys what do you guys think about these uh these rumors so to speak? Um, yeah, Chris just gave two thumbs down. How about you, Colin? Just a first yes or no, and then we'll dive into it. Well, yes or no. I mean, would I like Jack like one of the Bruins? Yes. Would it be legitimately unbelievable for like the one, two, three punch down the middle for ten, fifteen years? Be like uh, Jack Eichel, Jack Sabnika. A lot of jacks and then charlie coyle yeah that'd be sick uh and patrice bergeron at 42 years old <laughs> yeah yeah he's still gonna he's still gonna do that thing he's gonna do the hockey thing because he's he's just like getting better as he gets older and more injured he's just better at hockey that's just how <laughs> patrice bergeron works um and that's just i mean that's just science but um would i like jack like in the ruins yeah that would be unbelievable like uh, that's then you've got your like future number one center that every good team does need but people keep going back and forth on like 
the Bruins have the assets to do it. No, they don't. The answer is like they do, but because that would be like you'd probably have to fold the franchise for how much you'd have to give up for Jack Eichel. You don't have the assets. Like you do, but you you're not going to get rid of them, or you're not going to part ways with the assets. So that means you don't have the assets. Let's just clear that up. Like that's the number one beef I have with like Twitter talking about Eichel to Boston. Like yes, they do, but because they're not willing or like I don't think they have enough players in the roster to have a team next year like they don't that's why they don't have them uh or that's why they don't have those assets uh, and it makes sense the whole linking him to boston number one just like every player in the league that is from massachusetts they automatically get linked to boston he it was a couple weeks ago that he said he was unhappy and really he, all he said was that he hates losing and it's frustrating to lose so yeah, no people, shit. People took that, yeah, crazy. Like, I don't know why he doesn't like that. Uh, yeah. So people took that as, he wants out. And I'm sure, like, a year or two from now, if they're, like, still in the same spot, yeah, I'm sure he would. he's going to want to trade. But, like, I, it's just too easy. It, like, it's just too easy to be like, oh, my God, yep, Boston's done. And, again, it's he said he was, un, he was unhappy with losing, crazy. And, like, I know his dad in the past or whatever has said, like, oh, yeah, we would love it if Jack was – playing in Boston. Oh, really? Would you like your son playing 20 minutes down the road for the team that he grew up watching and loving and was a diamond <laughs> and went to college? Like, yeah, that's like, that is no parent of an NHL player has ever said that before. So, oh my God, like this is happening. Um, but anyway, like, would it be awesome? Yeah. I mean, the Bruins would be a wagon for years to come. Um, but, I mean, it's going to cost you half your organization from Boston to Providence, probably some guys in Atlanta. Uh, but it, there, there's no trade for Jack Eichel that I'm willing to even think about because, I mean, everyone says it starts with Charlie McAvoy, and I don't care. There are probably two players on the planet I would even consider moving McAvoy for. Um, <laughs> one of them's McDavid. <laughs> one of them is McDavid, and uh, the other one um, is uh, Ryan Reeves because the Bruins need an enforcer. Um, yeah, they really just need, <laughs> they need to get bigger up front. I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll retain half of Charlie McAvoy's salary so the Bruins can get their long-awaited uh, enforcer they've, they've needed since. That's the reason they haven't won every Stanley Cup since. Yeah, it's so real. Sean Thornton and Adam McQuaid are gone, so yeah, what are you going to do? They, they definitely were the only guys who could um, you know, check and like hit anybody. They were the only ones on the roster. That's the only reason they won the cup. Um, but anyways, like I'm not getting rid of McAvoy. I'm not doing that. The cornerstone, yeah, no cornerstone for the Boston Bruins forever. The reason they're good is because the defense. Like everyone says, oh, you need mm -hmm. the number one center. Yeah, sure, but like for like literally since the organization started, like it's been defense first. Yeah. like that's just how it is and now we have like when was the last time we had a david Pasternak who's putting in 40 50 goals a year i think the last one that put up 40 was glenn murray so the reason the bruins are the way they are the way they play the way they play is just like they're elite defensively almost year in year out so charlie mcavoy moving on from boston it's a no-go like i'm not doing it so the only way that jack Eichel for me that comes to boston is when his deal's up in, like, 2026. And even then, you're probably forking over more than $10 million. So who knows how Boston's going to change with the way that they do contracts now. But anyways, 
I, I think I just talked for five straight minutes. But anyway, uh, we'll yeah, that was. So a, I was gonna say that's a great. I, I had said yes or no off the bat, and then we'll dive into it. So that was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I did both. I did both of those things. Yes and no, and here's and why I'm diving in. Um, yeah, Ryan I mean, I, I I agree with all that stuff, um, except for the Ryan Reeves thing. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on the Ryan You're Reeves bandwagon now. So if if we're talking about like specifics here. Uh, other than Charlie McAvoy, you're looking at giving up more defensemen than just that, and probably Brandon Carlo. And those are two of your best defensemen that can transition play from the defensive zone to the offensive zone and get those guys the puck. And and that's why guys like Brad Marchand and uh, David Pasternak are scoring 40, 50 goals. Um yeah, I, I agree. That's that's the position you want to have as like your rocks going forward. And those two guys are extremely young, and mm-hmm. b- building around those two and David Pasternak is is really good going forward. Um, even if a lot of other defensive prospects haven't haven't panned out, and I, I'd feel much more comfortable moving on from those guys if like all of the B plus A minus prospects had had panned out, but it hasn't really worked out that way. Um, and the thing Buffalo wants is absolutely defensemen because they've been on that end of, all right, we have Rasmus Ristolainen who was supposed to Sox. be like the next big guy. And he was like, it was him and Colton Pareko or like the prototypical like two-way defenseman and he just never panned out. And who knows what Rasmus Dahlin's going to be like. I think people wanted him to be like Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, but he's not at that level. Um, yeah, I mean, that sucks for Buffalo. Uh, my, my roommate's a Sabres fan, so I have to watch a lot of Sabres games. And it's, <laughs> oh, it's I not, did that this is season. Rough. That is rough. I watched a lot. I watched a lot this season. It's uh, it's not a pleasant experience. They, for JoJo. Yeah. I, I mean, they have a lot of talent, and – it's just, it just doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon because yeah. they've also just had some huge swing and swings and misses on on prospects and so what they're going to want for their legitimate franchise centerpiece like this guy is the best player they've had on their team in a decade and there's no way in hell they're giving him up for anything less than like hey change our franchise and make like give us a bunch of players that are going to make this a a playoff team make, make right the away. sabers great again you know yeah uh <laughs> i mean stay away from uh, that's not a pr rhetoric, hit if they rhetoric, go but... they throw that on their sweaters next season that's their year thing this year they're gonna throw that on there. i'm sure they won't they won't have a massive pr hit at all like it'll, um, i'm sure like everyone get right behind that sorry continue. i mean that's all i got i mean the I think the your average Bruins fan, uh, like casual fan, doesn't understand the amount of capital it's going to take to land a player like Jack Eichel. Yeah. In addition to the fact that his salary is ten million, and the Bruins are up against the cap, and all the players that the Bruins are uh, would trade are under like very low cap hit numbers because they're all RFAs or pending RFAs. So you'd also have to salary match at some point and give up somebody who's worth something uh, in terms of an exchange money-wise. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, th- these are the types of people that you can't get into like a fantasy hockey league with because they overvalue their own players and and will never be able to understand how to make a trade that benefits both sides. And that's kind of the reality of being a hockey fan because hockey is just one of the most difficult to understand sports and difficult to determine value mm-hmm. when you have different positions that you don't necessarily see the contributions on the ice. Like Charlie McAvoy, you kind of have to dig into the numbers and uh, like you can see him on the ice. Like, all right, yeah, you denied this opportunity. What is that worth? Yeah, um, exactly. It, it's, it's tough to know just watching when you can see David Pasternak score like 50 goals. Like, you're like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Like he's great. And I mean, you, hear everybody saying Patrice Bergeron's a great two-way center and you like if you watch him and just him and you don't watch the puck necessarily yeah you can see it but I mean if people tell you that enough you'll you'll hear it um but it's not necessarily something you can see on the ice and I don't know people you can see all right Jack Eichel's gonna score you 35 40 goals he's gonna shoot three four times a game like that it all looks good on on paper and and stuff and he's a he's a great player yeah you want him um but you're not going to get him for peanuts and pennies on the dollar so peanuts and cracker jacks it's not gonna work don't care because we'll give up too much to get eichel (laughs) yeah no i think um i think uh kind of the road you were going down chris was yeah, defense is a little harder to analyze unless you look at those those deeper stats that, you know, if you ever listen to any episode I, I don't listen to. Or I don't I don't <laughs> I don't listen to any of our episodes. But I uh yeah. It, it's it's tougher. You gotta use the eye test more for that stuff. Uh like you were saying, if you don't watch the puck and you watch Patrice Bergeron, you can see it, you kinda have to do that the same way with uh, a lot of defensemen. Yeah, I think it would definitely take uh, a Charlie McAvoy in order to get him, then some. I view potential-wise, uh, obviously it's different positions, but I think they could be considered on the same plane in terms of potential where McAvoy is going to be your number one D of the future for the Bruins. And Jack Eichel is going to be some team's number one center wherever he lands. and Or if he is to land anywhere, he's he's locked in in Buffalo's unless Buffalo it's wants gonna, to, It's going to be Buffalo because yeah. Buffalo's not going to move. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the asking price is way too high. Um, you get, like Something to consider is, yes, if you're going to get a star player, like that's awesome. Uh, but if you're going to give up these star players, whether they're of the future or current, um, you gotta look. You gotta look. I guess somewhat at minutes. You're gonna get a guy that plays twenty minutes, who's got this great potential and is already really good. But if you give up McAvoy and then you give up Carlo or DeBrusque or something, you're giving up more minutes and you're not having as deep of a team in terms of guys with great potential, guys that are gonna be on the starting roster for years to come. Um, so that that's pretty difficult. This isn't a guy that you're going to get for prospects and picks. The Bruins, while they do have somewhat of a deep prospect pool, uh, it's not that deep. It's not like they have another Jack Eichel to trade up. Um, you know, and it's it, also low low ceiling. Like the yeah, there aren't a lot of guys who are like, hey, this is like this guy could be the next number one center. Yeah. I mean, you got, like, Studnico with that, but, like, it's still, it's not a guarantee teams aren't going to want to gamble on that. 
it, it would basically like unless it's a situation where you have a guy that is guaranteed to be a number one center someday because he's already played NHL minutes and you see what he can do. Uh, and then you're just kind of accelerating the process of developing him with getting Eichel. Uh, the Bruins don't have that. And uh, they're going to have to give up something uh, tremendously good in order to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't see it happening. I'm not willing to give up McAvoy uh, for Eichel, even if it was a one-for-one, because it's kind of like what you were saying, Colin, uh, it, defense first for the Bruins. And McAvoy is the future at defense. Yeah, Jack Eichel one day could be your – it would be if we had him the starting center, the uh, first line center, but you still third have a line. few good years of, well, for, for right now, it would be third line because, yeah, third line, sorry. yeah, no, he'd be third line right now because you have Bergeron who has a couple good years left in him, possibly 50 because of the way he, like you said, getting almost getting better at, in age. You got some good years left in Krejci. You got Coyle there. Like he's not going to be like the Bruins don't need a number one center right now. That'd be awesome to get a player like that, but what are you going to do? Throw on the wing on the second line to help out Krejci? Like, there's, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's not a, it's not a, it's not good timing for the Bruins. Whether like, yeah. the asking price aside, it's not good timing. They don't necess- they don't have a need at center right now, so it doesn't make much sense to me. Right, and before we go away from the Eichel talk thing, just a couple other points. Like number mm-hmm. one, like I. I'm not telling every Bruins fan that they should like not be okay with moving McAvoy. I personally, the way I like view the Bruins, the way I viewed them forever, um, like they need they they and they've always had like a number one cornerstone defenseman. Like that's just again, like I said before, like that's how they've been successful for like literally forever. I'm not saying name a few other okay. Like you want to go <laughs> down that path. We go. I mean, Char has been here since the 1800s, um, and then, you know, before the NHL was even a thing. And there sorry. was Dilophosaurus. Uh, yep. Sorry, I, I've been here. I, I've been here since the 1800s. Sorry, because that's who I am. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I, I'm, people, if they're going to get creative with the Eichel trade to Boston thing, like yeah, again, it starts with McAvoy. I'm not saying that every person should be like viewing McAvoy how I view him. I just think like even right now, despite the fact that he didn't score until February, so that means obviously certain people are gonna demand that he gets traded, you know. It means it means he sucks really. If if a defense was not putting up thirty goals a year then I mean well, it's useless. Yeah. Uh but like for me, like I just I for me McAvoy like in my perfect world he's a Bruins lifer. Like he is. Like in potential after whoever leaves in the next few years like i see charlie mcavoy being the captain of the boston Bruins. because yeah. right now just despite what people say about his offensive numbers like he is one of the best defensemen in the nhl right now and that's like you can watch him he's 20 what he just turned 23 years old 22 yeah 22, he's 20. either late uh, 22 or just turned 23 yeah yeah i think he's 22 whatever i'll but look like, it up but keep going i mean he's like he is legitimately dominant and like if you just go rewatch like the capitals versus bruins even though the bruins of course like gave away the lead a couple of times and like ultimately it's lost because it's the capitals 22 and a half 22 yeah and a half. thank you for the precise uh, analytics on that um but, like i mean for the most part he was absolutely shutting down alex ovechkin like i mean like 
the break, like there was one, I think it was the game in, I don't know, it was early on, but like Ovechkin had a breakaway, no one him, and McAvoy just comes out of nowhere and bodies Alex Ovechkin, who is an absolute mutant of a human being, and like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can move him. But like he just came in, bodied him, took the puck away, boom, like the Bruins were out, like that. Like I, I just, for me, Charlie McAvoy is... Like, uh, he's my number one untouchable for the Boston Bruins. Um, yeah, I agree. And then moving from that, like, the Bruins prospect pool is really, really fascinating. It's easy for everyone to say, oh, they don't have anyone good except for Stadika, blah, 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 whatever. Um, their prospect pool is a very, very good prospect pool for the Boston Bruins. Any other team, it's terrible. Like, the way... Don Sweeney and the organization, they're very different from every other team in the NHL, which I think is good, in that they draft very differently. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. just go for, like, the flashy best player in, like available at the pick. Like, a lot of teams will just say, whatever position he is, that's what They put a ton of time into, like, getting to know the player as a person, like, their family, um, how they play, like, and they draft according to how the Bruins play. So that even mm-hmm. if it takes a Zach Senishin three years in Providence to be ready to play for the Boston Bruins, there's a role open that I personally think that he could fit next year. Like third line, right wing, I think he is going yeah. to he's good enough. Like he again in, in juniors, he put up a good amount of goals. And in Providence They've used him on the first line. They've used him on PP1. They took him off the power play. He's played four or five minutes. Like, he has completely rounded his game. Um, for any slot the Bruins need him, he's going to be able to, like, go in and, like, not look out of place. I mean, look at his NHL. He's a half. He was, like, what, six NHL games. But he's, like, put up good points. He almost had, a, he almost had four points against uh, the Canadians that game that the stupid offside thing. He had two assists, had another assist taken away, and he drew the penalty uh, that Pasternak scored the power play goal on. So the way that they de- they draft and develop their prospects, they like to take their time, and they like to take kids who they think are going to fit how they play um, and who they can like mold their whatever organization after. So like the prospect, it's another reason, and the reason I bring this up is because it doesn't really work for an Eichel trade. Like, you've probably got two or three guys that other teams are like, oh, I would like to take a flyer on that dude. That's literally Stanika, Vakanainen, yep. maybe Zaboral. But maybe. Mm-hmm. Zaboral was the best defenseman like... in Providence. But, like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, Buffalo's it's... not, like, uh, I don't know, rubbing their hands together at the idea of trading for Trent Frederick or anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's another guy. He's, like, they took him over to Brinkett and, like, yeah. Everyone I mean, immediately was like, what are you doing? And, again, they had a specific thing in mind with Trent Frederick. They liked him like, this, this guy is 100% going to be a third-line center right. in the NHL. Yeah. And, they, like, it's, that, it's that, that amount so of like is really... Right. So, like, when teams, like, especially in the first round, when they look at guys, there a lot of teams will be like, okay, like, I feel like sometimes it's either this guy is going to be the, the top six player or whatever top two pairs on defense or a starting goalie eventually or nothing the Bruins are like we're drafting NHL players like future NHL players yeah and, and they, we want to have them like the way that um uh Jay Leach and Langenbrunner they run their prospects in Providence like 
is very specific and they're very, very, very good at what they do. And like, that's who the Bruins go after because there's like, they're like at least a 75% chance this kid's in the NHL. Have they fallen on their face and does it not work? Yeah, of course. But like what team Mm -hmm. doesn't have like, who's never drafted a player that like didn't play in the NHL. Like every team has that. So I am a fan of the way that they do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather have him than Logan Couture, you know, the next pick. But, yeah, I think uh, that's a good point because, I mean, you know, in recent years the Bruins have signed, you know, Nordstrom or Wagner. You can go on and on about for their, Look their at Par bottom Lindholm. six. Parlin yeah. I love that guy. Snap hat. But, but they'll sign or trade or you usually sign free agency for their bottom six. But if you look at their prospect pool, they have yeah, a bottom friends. six just waiting for them. One by one, they're going to come in as these, uh, you know, whether they're kind of in their prime or they're getting older, these these top, uh, sorry, bottom six forwards. They have that set up in their prospect pool. So a lot of people look and they're like, yeah, we don't have a star. I 100% agree, Colin. Like once in a while, like that's why they're willing to give up first picks because they have – they had Coyle, uh, sorry, Coyle, uh, McAvoy, who came up and he's going to be a, a, a great star. If you look back at their first round picks, like they, they have a few that wind up getting through David Posternock. Um, but you know, they, they are definitely focused in a different direction in terms of drafting and they, like they are fine nabbing, uh, someone who could be a third liner in the late first round or second round. So they're willing to give up these first round picks and trades. Like you start with, a. You see, you see it with a lot of different trades. Even the Johansson trade, they gave up uh, some second rounders for. So they and they can afford to do that because this is a very deep prospect pool. It's not like they have three NHL first liners or first D pair starting goaltender in their in their pocket uh, guaranteed. But they have a lot there, so they can afford the flexibility of only drafting a, a future star once in a while because they have that all set up. Whereas other teams, they kind of need that because they're like, oh, shit, we have to fill out our, our top six or our top D pairings uh, through the draft. But the Bruins already kind of are steady there with the guys in their prime and their veterans for now. And, you know, if every other year one guy has the potential to get through, like Studnica could be a, number, a top six center uh, based on his he potential. So, you know, you you have those guys kind of leaking through, but they have so much depth there that seriously, I think in five years, their their bottom six is all guys that are in Providence right now, or they recently drafted and are you know playing in the juniors or something. Um, yeah, I think they, they do a very very good job with that. And yeah, I didn't even really think about it before, but I do think they draft different than if not all most NHL teams. Uh, kind of reminds me of the Patriots a little bit in that way. Now that you mentioned it, um, right. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's different. I don't know if it's the best way to do it, but I mean, you still end up with guys like David Pasternak. Uh, I can't complain too much, um, and and I do think having that kind of mindset is also uh, like evaluating players in a different way is also how you, how you end up with guys like Sean Corrali, um, mm-hmm. who I, th- I think we'll all agree is an excellent fourth line player and yeah. probably could play on a third line somewhere. Um, Which he has this past season. He has a little bit. Yeah. He'll, he'll play, he'll play on the wing a little bit, but I mean, he's been better yeah, than just... this year. Look at him there. Yeah, best uh, fourth line thing. Corrali on the left, Lindholm in the middle and Wagner on the right. I think it's, mm-hmm. And then they, they roll four lines. That's what they the, when the Bruins are on. They're rolling four, so like and the fourth line is playing like 
third line minutes on any other team. Sometimes like it's like I think it was like last year, two years ago, like they were like Corrali was averaging like fourteen, fifteen minutes a night on the fourth line. Like the like they they were off at the beginning. And you of the could year. trust them with the PK too. Right, and, and they, they're doing and, all of that, losing a guy who a twenty goal scorer like Nolachari. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that that fourth line of uh, Noel Noel Achari, uh, Karali, and uh, who the fuck was it? Was it Wagner at that point, or Nordstrom, or somebody that was? With, oh, Schaefer, Schaefer. I like that fourth line a lot. When Schaller. They went for the Schaller. Not, not, sorry, not Schaefer. Schaefer. Schaller. Not Fucking Peter sorry. Schaller. My bad. Uh, Sh- Schaller, who I believe I, played in they were, Buffalo after. Ooh. Yo, we Buffalo should we should get uh, yo, we gotta get we gotta get Schaller back. In a... <laughs> I played golf with his best friend. It was wild. It was awesome. Damn. They, they randomly asked me. So you I basically should've. played golf with him, right? Yeah, that's what I that's what I did. That's what I said. It's like I'm, it's it's like I'm friends with Don Orsillo's cousin on Facebook. Yeah, I was gonna so say it's, it's, it's the second. That's because best it's my job. like one of my best friend's moms. That's why I'm friends with her. Yeah, I'm, interesting. And he never I, he I, never threw in a word for me during their family reunions. You know, I'm kind of pissed. I don't have any good name drops. So what a bad guy! What a bad guy! I met uh, what's his face? Uh, intermission hmm. show Dan Arnold. Dan what's Arnold. his face? Dale, Dale, Dale. fucking Schaller, Schaefer, fucking Dale, Dan, whatever. It's all the same. I don't fucking care. They're all the same Uh, guy. I met him and took the worst picture ever. The lighting was horrible. It was in TD. And he was like, oh, go over here. The lighting's better. And fucking went over there. There's shadows on my face. You can't even tell it's me until I put an Instagram exposure all the way up. And then you can kind of see my face. I promise you, I have, I own... Or I was featured in the worst picture that like could have been really cool for me ever. Like, and I'm like, it's not close. Like, it who really was it with? It. Um. So, in, <laughs> for I'm all, gonna grab a beer uh, for this story. It sounds like it's a long one. It is not. It's not long, but yeah, you're gonna want a, a beer. I might need another one. Uh, just having the flashbacks. Actually, I could just walk downstairs with the picture right there. Um, and Listeners no, can't no, see the picture, so paint it for us. To all my millions uh, and millions of fans and followers, no, I, I, this picture will never surface on the internet. Um, but, so both my, little brother, both my little brothers played hockey around here, and uh, there was a kid whose mom or dad had like cancer so they reached out the Bruins alumni to like set up a like whatever event so we all went to TD Garden and everyone could like skate around like the guard like on the TD Garden ice and then there was like a little like fun little scrimmage or whatever but I'm just out there absolutely buzzing around the ice just flying just you know (laughs) I thought there I thought at that time, it would have been Shirelli. I thought he might be in the building, so I was trying to get a PTO for the next season, but uh, didn't work. Um, <laughs> but the rules were you had to have a bucket. Like, you had to have a helmet. And I only played hockey for one like, – I only played real hockey, like not pond hockey, for one year in sixth grade, and I had to quit. Because um, you had a punctured lung or something? Yeah, that was it. Um, 
you know, in sixth grade, I got in a huge, a huge tilt, um, you know, and then I got to yeah, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> that so sounds my, even more interesting than the picture you're trying to describe. Oh, no. Yeah. People forget that I'm describing a picture right now, I think. Uh, yeah. But so like my one of my brothers had my helmet that I wore in hockey. And then we had one other hockey helmet and that went to my other brother. We had no more hockey helmets. Um, <laughs> I see where so this is I going. had to buzz around TDR again, like, you know, fortunately, uh, my elite skating, uh, people were not looking at my head, but I had to wear a fucking bike helmet, <laughs> uh, like an actual, and then, like, like the helmet. I mean, first of all, it already looks ridiculous when you're skating around TD garden with a bike helmet on, but <laughs> To add insult to injury, way too big, way too big. So I am buzzing around TD Garden with. It's like falling all over white, your head. All white bike helmet, like oh, all white a, bike nice. helmet. In in and home jerseys. Going to the picture. <laughs> the alumni putting on the event was the guy that runs the alumni, Rick Middleton. So me and my little brothers took a picture with rick milton but because it was on the ice we had to have helmets on <laughs> so i have a picture of me my little brothers and rick middleton and i'm wearing a massive massive white bicycle helmet and it was like this like it was it's so big that it was like hanging off my head and i'm like doing something weird with my hands so like it's good visual oh for the, uh, god listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is a real picture that I see all over daily because it's downstairs. And it oh, so that's uh, so that's the that's worst a, ever. I might have like, to really cool pick opportunity. But some uh, straight up uh, mighty ducks stuff right there. I'll send it to you guys because it is really like I don't actually care because it's hilarious. Like I really enjoy. It will be the new logo for myself. the pod just for this one episode. Well, you can publish the episode with a temporary photo. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Well, yeah, Juan Zidane Chara, so people won't even be thinking about that. I'll Photoshop Zidane Chara into it. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be, uh, I don't know how tall you are, but you'll be way shorter than Zidane Chara. I'm definitely not a foot shorter. Like, I'm not a whole foot. I'm not, for sure. Like, definitely I am. Well, no, I'm I'm 5'10", 11, so not a full foot, but. Depends what day of the week. I'm around five ten. I'm I'm five ten on my uh, on my uh, license, but I'm five eleven when I tell people what I'm my height six, is. I'm six four on my license. I'm actually five six in real life, so that really gets me <laughs> yeah, for the roster. You know, it's intimidation for other people. The, the police officer looks at you like, oh my god, like you know, oh you're not, are you? Uh, people and are gonna think like, oh I'm five no four if I don't say I'm, I'm six feet right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm six four, feet. Eight. <laughs> Anyways, that's my story of taking a picture with Rick Biddle. I'm, I think I'm going to be seeing him again soon, though, so I should be all right. So I know I, I mentioned this before. I'm sure he remembers. You know? I know I'm I mentioned sure he's this. Like, that was fucking weird. I know I mentioned this on another uh, episode, but uh, <laughs> Busick flipped burgers for me. <laughs> I, I ate a burger Humble grilled by Busick. And the uh, chief. It was a little overdone. If you're listening, Busick, because that's what you do. This is your favorite podcast ever. Hey, mm-hmm. 
but he serves up heaters man like you can't like it was a little uh, i i prefer my burger medium rare could you say it was like a hockey puck no no not quite um that would have been a sick joke thanks um i liked it but uh (laughs) i enjoyed it yeah um Anyway, Thanks, Colin. I appreciate you. My, I my other co-hosts hey, just don't. Team guy, no, blue guy. Chris and Cam never fucking get my jokes, and they just laugh. Oh, at no, no, no. We get we get them. You They're get it, but funny. you don't laugh, and you're like, "Hey, that wasn't funny." And I'm like, "Oh." And just then FaceTime we go me on. during when you guys record. Just FaceTime me, Drew, and like, don't yeah. have me on the episode, but like, I'll just be, you know, like when you watch like a sitcom. And like, yeah, yeah someone says something. There's it's a laugh track, guy. yeah. But yeah, just yeah. one guy, just one. We laugh. should. What? That would be amazing if we put a laugh track into this. <laughs> Bru- and Bruins was filmed in front of a live column, <laughs> which is illegal right now considering coronavirus. <laughs> but you know, yeah, he's wearing a bike helmet. Weirdly, like a really giant ass and bike. I don't think that fits anybody. Anyway. It'd be great because, uh, like, you know, those sitcoms that, like, they don't have a live audience, and you can tell because they have probably, like, 10 different laugh tracks for the entire series, like, eight seasons of a show. And mm-hmm. then you can, like, pick out, like, all the Nickelodeon shows that were quote unquote sitcoms. Same laughs on all of them, on fucking all of them. Like, you can hear, like, one Josh. guy in some of them. There's, like, one guy in those that's like, hoo, 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 hoo. And you there's, could like yeah, pick it out. It happened. There's probably like a hundred. The laugh here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you could pick it out. It's it's. Well, I gotta go back and watch all these shows just to to hear the one guy. Drake and Josh, to... iCarly, um, breaking. Uh, probably like no, I don't think Zoe What a One had laugh track. I don't See, know. those are all those are all like five years. Yeah, before. Me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris yeah, is twelve. The, the... In case no one knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. The I'm, the, I'm the millions of people who uh, sent in questions about the Bruins for this podcast are gonna be super disappointed. They're like, they're like, ha. yeah, and it wasn't it's, even it's... directly from the guy, but Nick Lancey, uh, well, Lanciati or whatever I call him, Lancey. Um, he first name basis, not a big deal. He tweeted out like a comment from somebody else, and that was yeah, Jack Eichel. Like, hey, so. my podcast partner uh, said, hey. Uh, what about this Jack Eichel shit? <laughs> what about this uh, thanks for the, Eichel thanks for the for, secondhand uh, question, Solaric if they retain 50% of... Oh, the Colorado Rockies just liked my tweet. There you go. So, not a big deal. Wow, another one? Just name drop. Yeah, they're nice people. They they make me feel good about myself. Oh, and they replied with a Will Smith... Will Smith gif. <laughs> uh, hitch? Yep, literally. Oh, no, sorry. Not What's the... Uh... Was it Pursuit? Or, uh, oh, Pursuit of Happiness. Is that the, is that the great name? movie? Great movie. Yeah. yeah, it's him crying. It's about my haircut that happened. Ah, uh, damn. I know that people were worried about that. So yeah, I think when I tweeted out that I was getting a haircut, I think um, half of a person liked it. it um, they liked it and unliked it. Anyways, go Bruins. What's up? What, 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 go what about? Bruins. So I had. Wait, wait, can we can we can we talk about the Bruins real yes. quick? I would love to do that and not talk about my place. I have a, I have a one last topic in terms of Bruins that we discussed. All right, Drew, Drew has a topic about the Bruins, and then we can talk about the Bruins. My, All right, just yeah. go to Bruins. I don't fucking care. No, I want to. No, Drew, I want to hear. 
I want to hear. Well, I had mentioned uh, it in the uh, small group chat. That doesn't include Cam because he's yeah, a working man. He's a nerd. Yeah, fuck you, Cam. Just quit your job and do this. The news can wait, man. Yeah, Jesus. Guy. It's only it's only Portland news. Like nothing goes on there anyway. So you know. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I love Portland. Um, Everyone tune into Cam's news station. I don't know what it is. It's but like WCHV exclamation point like hashtag LTR. WGHB or something like that. Yeah, it's actually know. HGTV. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's going and renovating <laughs> homes on, on camera. Um, so Charlie Coyle is someone we talked about, I think, a bit last episode. WGME. Ooh. Check it out. Yeah, ME makes sense, man. So it stands for We're Great. Maine. Um. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, Charlie Coyle, uh, me and actually uh, spoke to Z over here, Colin. Uh, Watch talked about, because I uh, I put out on the Bruins Die Hard Slack that I'm going to write an article about Charlie Coyle, which I've written maybe half of and then like lost steam because of writer's block. So I'll do that. Uh, I'll finish that up. But uh, he... Colin, you offered to send me uh, clips of Coil that you were kind of compiling for some sort of thread. Um, so you, you've, I'm assume you watched those clips before you clipped them. Um, and I've been, I've been looking into them and thinking about them. So uh, I've been thinking, dude, a bunch I, of I, I think ones I, I'd never watched before. I, I think about like, Charlie Coil. It was just Charlie Coil walking from the locker room to the the press room. I, it would um, appear that Coil has a new genie. <laughs> <laughs> i'll mention that in my article he's the x factor because of this new mm-hmm. beanie but my uh my train of thought is he's gonna be a huge difference maker in the playoffs because of his skill as a top six forward but he's on the third line and what i mentioned last episode was like you know you have bergeron you have Krejci, they could get canceled out by some d pair on some nights i they have the ability to excel over that but you know it might not be as consistent of production from them so then you have Charlie Coyle hanging out there on the third line, potentially going up against the third D player, or maybe you know they might cycle the first or whatever, but still giving the other teams a headache. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a huge difference maker. I'm wondering what you think, Colin, having uh, sifted through his uh, his videos there on the interwebs. Uh, what do you what do you see from him? Why do you think maybe he would? Because uh, I know you said you kind of agree with my opinion of him being an X factor. What? What have you seen from the old eye test that would uh, maybe back that up? Uh, I'm all analytics. I'm no eye test. Sorry. Okay, um, cool. So no, it's just kidding. it's just for um, fun clips. So like, I mean, even looking back at like last year, right? Like it was a big question mark how effective because I mean Charlie Coyle had been linked to the Bruins for like two three years probably uh, just almost a decade almost since he was actually like three decades or two decades since he was born really. Right. It's 28 right, yeah. 28 years he was born and they're like he's a Bruin. have you seen you know them uh kicking and screaming when like uh the dad just like puts the soccer ball in the kid's arms like crazy like you better be good at this yes like, yeah. <laughs> Look, that is that is low-key one of uh will farrow's best movies honestly so good. just an outrageous so good. good movie like the, um, you know, all the others get mentioned, but kicking and screaming—if you haven't seen it, you're Will Ferrell. Can't fan. sleep on it. Low Stop key, on it. one well, of his best. Um, 
yeah, so his parents did that with a hockey puck that had a Bruins logo on it, and then they said, "You better be good at this, and you better play for the fucking Bruins." Um, but his grandma had the uh, fucking <laughs> rattle, fucking what? What was it? Not a rattle, obviously, maraca, fucking we'll go something. Rattle. I like rattle. That, you know, <laughs> that sounds like it's a baby rattle. It was it? Baby was maraca, you know. It was like <laughs> it was a maraca or something that he she would uh, like shake when he scored. There's a video on that on social media. Yeah, and weirdly, it doesn't actually make that that noise. It actually is the Bruins bullhorn <laughs> followed by Zombie Nation. It's really they, they got the name before he was born. Like, isn't that so? That's a real fact. You can find that on Wikipedia because I'm about to put that in his Wikipedia. Yeah, edit it. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at Wikipedia for the next 20 minutes, it'll be there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, the next twenty yeah. minutes, as as we record this, not as it's released. So no one will. We'll, <laughs> I'll tweet is, it out right now. Look at the Wikipedia for Charlie Coyle right now and spot spot the. This is the analysis that the hardcore Bruins fan was hoping for. Tuning into this episode about Charlie Coyle. If is, if you tune uh, if you tune yeah. into this episode, you're not expecting great analysis. It's 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 just random drunk guys talking hockey. Especially since no Cam's not here. Cam's the numbers guy. Yeah. Uh, we're always uh, spouting shit and just uh, Cam. Cam tries to back up whatever we're saying with numbers, but Cam hates yeah, we're, fun. We're not, he doesn't like fun. We're not numbers guys. No. Yeah, that's why he's says, working right no now. You know? Shout out to Cam. But, Hope your shift's going fucking horrible. Yeah, I do. Too. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so anyways, I guess we should probably actually talk about Charlie Coyle. But um, so the Bruins got him last year, and then like, I mean, realistically. Until the playoffs, it was like, uh oh, like the risk that we had associated with giving anything up for Charlie Coyle. Uh, it was like, well, we might have missed. Um, yeah. And then the playoffs. And we started. gave up another Boston boy. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he has a he had a picture with Joe Thornton, so like that was a, that was big. Um, and it wasn't. He's it basically was almost, Joe Thornton, actually. He wasn't wearing a bike helmet, so that's big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, until until the playoffs, he like he, I mean, and Johansson realistically, because Johansson got hurt again, shocking. Um, but it was like a, another we, saber. We, we Sabers legend, Marcus Johansson. That's the only reason I watched Sabers this year. Um, but like, it, it was a big question mark, like was this the right move? Like, I I had been a right. fan of including Donato in a trade package, but I was looking more at, like, a small part of, like, a Mark Stone deal because that was the big rumor in the two. Like, and I... Yeah, yeah. Like, God, I love Mark Stone. Um, But, and then the playoffs started, and, I mean, Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson, realistically, that whole line, the, them with Danton Heinen, like, they were probably their best line from start to finish in the playoffs. And yeah. the big thing was, um, you know, like, it, actually, he put up decent points, too. I think he had, like, 16. 16 I think it was in 16, 24 right? games. Yeah, I think that's 16 and 24. You guys talked about the last podcast, I think. Um, yep. Hey, you listen. But I do. I, I, that's why I came on, boys. Um, I'm on the podcast and don't remember what we said last episode. So. Well, I mean, it's bruising. I mean, I didn't listen to it while drinking a thousand beers. Um, but now I am. <laughs> I appreciate that people are drinking along with the episodes. That's what we want. That's if you're awesome. listening to this right now and you don't have a beer cracked open, like, what are you doing? Well, a Turn lot up. of people listen to podcasts driving, so if you're driving, please <laughs> do not crack a beer right now. Yeah, yeah, other than driving or, I guess, like, maybe at the gym. 
Uh, no, at the gym, <laughs> crack a beer. Do it. But well, also actually, don't be at the gym right now. That's fucking stupid. It really uh, helps you if out. If you're at your home gym, uh, by the way, Drew's wearing a sleeveless shirt right now, and look at those, look at those scrawny little muscles. You can see more of my bone than muscle right now, but we're all wearing various levels of sleeves. Hot boy uh, summer. We got we got Colin over here wearing a fucking sweatshirt. <laughs> go brains, go brains. Um. Anyways, I guess I should keep talking about Charlie Coyle. So if you guys yes. shut the fuck up. The, uh, 16 points um, but... in 24 games. We'll, we'll, we'll shut up. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. The thing, about, the thing that makes Charlie Coyle so good, uh, especially in like a third-line role, number one, that's a matchup nightmare. So like offensively, the Bruins have now Bergeron's decided to be like a point-per-game player. Then you have David Krejci, who is another super underrated player in the league right now just because a lot of guys who are his age and who are not fast like David Krejci they can't adjust to the league now he's so good in possession that he is able he's one of the few centers in the league who is able to like dictate the pace of play yes he slows the fucking game down it's amazing and right and so like He's dictating the play, like that's just, and he is responsible defensively as well. So then you have to worry about those two, and then you go third line. You got Charlie Coyle, and Charlie Coyle is another absolute possession monster. Like I mean, there are so many goddamn clips from this season of him. I think he might have put Gorilla Glue on his tape for the game, because <laughs> like he'll have three guys on him, and he'll just like go up on the wall, put, like, one one hand on the wall, like, all right, just give me a second here. We're bumping and grinding here. And it he like he's taking a piss. He just puts one hand on the wall. So, hey. That's it. Like, oh, Hold on a second. I had a few too many boys. Um, I gotta take a piss here. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he, oh, and he does that. Yeah, is... He does do that. That's what he does. He's, he takes quick piss, and then he just, like, somehow cycles the puck right around. But all three zones, Charlie Coyle is incredibly effective. He's good defensively. He is good in the neutral zone in terms of, like, transition play. And then offensively, what made him, Heinen, and Johansson so good is they had the puck basically the entire shift. So when you already have Bergeron and Creech that you're probably putting your top defensemen or defensive forwards on to begin with, when you go eventually to line three, maybe you're not putting your top players there and yeah. Charlie Coyle just, like, doesn't lose the puck. And I think legitimately the reason that I started cutting clips was because since the All-Star break, first of all, they the entire team, like, crawled to the All-Star break. They were so bad. The fact they were in first place is insane. Um, but they had their, like, week off or whatever, 10 days, and they were, I mean, they were unbelievable. And Charlie Coyle, since that All-Star break, has probably been within their top three or four players on the ice every single game. And yeah. we always talk about David Krejci having that revolving door of a right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Coyle, I don't think, has had the same line mates for more than five or six games. And again, he is so effective <laughs> because yeah. like whoever's playing on his line, he just holds the puck and he has a great first, second pass. He, I mean, and again, like he's also had times where you're throwing him on right wing with David Krejci. Which yeah. sometimes it's like, uh, like Coyle, like he's still able to be somewhat effective, but I mean, when he's the one that's dictating the play and the pucks on his tape, like he is the guy. Like the play goes through him, and he's one of those players that, like, a lot of the times, anyone who is like somewhat decent at hockey 
is gonna be fine. Like they they are gonna look good because he makes other players look good. He makes other players' jobs ten times easier with just his, his style of play and how good he is at it. So going into this weird playoff, I think that's a, a huge reason he could be an X factor. It's like these guys haven't played hockey in forever, and now the coaches are gonna have to figure out figure out matchups. And I think he's a matchup nightmare. And I yeah. think that I'd be curious. I'm, Again, these exhibition games mean essentially nothing other than seeding, and realistically, seeding isn't going to mean a whole lot. Yeah. Other than like who you're playing, but again, yeah, like you yeah. have to play the best to to win. Yeah, either way, you're going to play somebody year. who beats right. the best team. So, <laughs> so it, it's always funny when people try to handicap this year's playoffs, like who's going to be good and who's not, because no one knows. This has literally never happened before. So, like, yeah. whatever. But. Just the way that he fits how the Bruins play. He's a big body. He's not afraid to go in the dirty areas. He's not afraid to get physical. He decided to fight for the first time in five years this year against Bo Horvat, who's a decent trapper. He's a he's decent fine. fucking fighter, yeah. Yeah. And and Coyle, I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs. He If if not for Tuca and then if the Bruins had won, he probably would have come in second and third place for the Smythe. Like, he was that good. And I think... Within the Bruin system, you already have Krejci and Bergeron, who are actually going to be healthy, so that's weird. Um, <laughs> but we'll see how many games Krejci lasts. When you have to worry about last, all but... four centers, that's a nightmare. Like when you have like, Drew, legitimately have to stop all with that line. shit. Krejci's been mostly healthy for like the past three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but and he's super consistent. People, he's not a point of game player. Who are like, oh, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. No, I, I but yeah. I agree. So, sorry, just my last, the last thing that I wanted to. No, say shut the Coyle fuck up. No, go ahead. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> thanks for having me on, boys. Um, yeah, gonna, see ya. Get off the call need, right now. Me and Chris are gonna wrap this up. No. If you need me, you can. I'll be over here. I'm just gonna go fuck myself. Um, but the way the Bruins play, and like this, also ties into like the future of like one and two center probably being Stanika and Coyle, is. Realistic, if you look at it, up until like the past, up until really like Marshawn Pasternak took off offensively, they don't really have like the traditional number one center that you think of. They have their like again, it's they have a way that they play a certain style where it's like your number one center isn't the guy that's playing twenty six minutes a night and he's like yeah. putting up one hundred and fifty points, like whatever. They're very much like they like to roll for, and their centers are all. I'm not going to say elite because not all of them are elite uh, defensively, but they are very, very, very good in all three zones. Like they're like better. And that's than the Bruin the system right there. And that's how they like to play. And that's how they like to draft, develop. That's how they like to play in games. That's how they roll four in the playoffs. And that's what makes them such a matchup nightmare. And again, Charlie Coyle is not going to put up a point per game, but he's going to be a nightmare to play against. And again, big body. He play. He's capable of playing the traditional stereotypical playoff hockey style yeah and like again like that's what with the Bruins you're already worried about Bergeron Krejci and then you have to worry about Charlie Coyle so for me he is a huge X factor because of yeah how he plays and how good he is and how good he's been since the all-star break like he's been ridiculous so and even before that like like I Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at clips recently like you have you know just watching him like he's fucking hockey porn but um uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I remember just watching during the season and you just, you just look at him play and he's setting up all sorts of opportunities. Sure. He had 37 points in 70 games or so, 
Uh, maybe it was 71. I don't know. If it's 71, if, I got to rewrite my article. If you're, if you're third line half a point a game for the whole season, that's yeah. pretty damn good. No, that's amazing. Yeah. And Well, and and he's not Ryan Spooner, so like he's contributing on the other good. side. And But you look like he has the potential of having like 60 points last season. If you look at all mm-hmm. the like scoring opportunities he set up, and he's at a disadvantage with having – which is this is good for the Bruins. I'm not saying they shouldn't do this, but you know, you got guys like Bjork, uh, Heinen. Well, not Heinen anymore, but you had Heinen. Boo. You had uh, fucking. R.I.P. Heinen. I listed like four. Dabrowski even played on the third line some of the time. You you have these forwards that aren't. Or you, Carson Kuhlman was the other. You have these forwards who aren't at their peak yet, and they're still kind of trying to. Like, like if you look at Dabrowski, yeah, he plays on the second line most of the time, but he's streaky as fucking hell. I think he's the most streaky Bruin on the on the team right now. Um, but he's playing with these younger players who aren't 100%, you know, you're not 100% NHLers, like bonafide NHLers yet. Yes, they will play in the NHL, but you don't really know where they're going to wiggle in yet. They haven't fully proven themselves at their uh, full potential and. That leaves him at a disadvantage. So I've seen plenty of plays where he's set up some of those wingers with uh, great opportunities, and it, you know they don't cash in necessarily, which you can't expect them to cash in every fucking time. But uh, he is—he has been amazing. You—you you, you can look at like I'm just remembering times where he's basically skating around the whole zone. And he literally will, and while they're like waiting will. for a shift change. Yeah, exactly, and he can kill time there. You. It, in terms of the two-way game, you—I know he's not really on the, you know, the start one of the top two uh, PK pairings they have forward or anything. But like, say a guy, usually I believe it's Corrali and Wagner's at second pair, and then you have Bergie and Marchand or something. But like, if one of those guys is in the box for that for that penalty kill, you, which Marchand I'm sure is a yeah, lot, I, I, you could throw so Coyle out there easily. Yeah, I don't. Not to like cut in too much, but I don't think that's skill based i think generally you you want defensively responsible players on your fourth line to eat up those extra minutes too yeah that that's so, also a contributing factor yeah, so sure. you, you don't want uh charlie Coyle having to play those extra minutes when you got these two guys who can play it almost just as well and eat up the minutes gonna be playing, yeah. they're not going to be playing as much five on five so and like, yeah you don't um, you don't want to be t- adding too many more minutes to a guy who plays already i think it I looked at the stats the other day when I was writing, but almost like 17 minutes per game. You don't want to be making that 20 because he's playing on the PK. Yeah, and like, I mean, like, probably one of the biggest compliments you can give a guy like Charlie Coyle is you feel comfortable putting him literally anywhere at any time in a game. Yeah. You need to kill a penalty? Yeah, I'm not worried about Coyle. If you're down a goal with a minute and a half left, yep, um, he can be the sixth skater you feel like putting him out there. You want, like, I mean, the, the first power play unit probably plays, like, a minute and a half. Sometimes they literally are out there for an entire power play. But he is on second PP, and, like, when Dabrowski is deciding to not be good at hockey, when he's being he, super inconsistent, they throw Coyle in there. He's really good net front. So, like, and 5-on-5, yeah. five five, he's obviously incredible. So when that's your third-line center and you feel comfortable putting him literally anywhere, he can score, he can defend, like, and he can play physical, like, that is probably the biggest compliment you can give any third line player who he'll be the future too but like i feel more than comfortable throwing him out there whenever it's like even yeah. if it's like matching up against another team's top line yep coil fine done 
Like, Absolutely. So, and, and this is why I love. Huge. This is why I love that extension too. I, I feel like so good. It was a. It was a divisive extension because a lot of people were like why well, are you because there's a lot of third, stupid third it's line black and white there. with a lot of bruins fans it's so yeah, black so and white like, why, why are you pay- paying your third line center 5.25 no they're yeah, not why, they're why, paying him for the future and like you look at the devils you're paying your future maybe first line center he'll be there before before stundica is unless you know stundica gets a lot of i mean crazy almost up uh, both contract wise and I think career wise. Yeah, he's definitely um, going to be retiring younger than Bergeron. He's he's aging out quicker than Bergeron is. Um, not not that he's ineffective in any way. Uh, I mean, like Colin was saying, in, in, in a very similar way to uh, Charlie Coyle, he's just an elite puck protector. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I mean. But at the same time, like you're you're replacing him with a guy who does a similar thing, yeah. And and it's like the, with his signing, you weren't saying, yeah, we're giving this guy five point two five sheets to be our third line center for six years. You're literally looking at it and you're saying, like, Charlie Coyle is capable right now. He's good enough to be a number two C on like legitimately any other team, any team in yeah, the mm-hmm. NHL. So if you're and except especially every year with well, <laughs> and now it looks yeah, yeah, yeah except right there good. Um, but like, especially now the cap's gonna be flat for two years. Then it, in year three, it goes up by one million. If your number two center, who is extremely effective in like doing exactly what you need him to do, if you're paying him five point two five, that is legitimately nothing. They weren't paying a third line center over five million to be a third line center forever. Like they're so eventually this... gonna have like the one two punch, similar to a Bergeron and Krejci deal they're gonna have like it's gonna be Studnika and it's gonna be Charlie Coyle like that's gonna and it's yeah it's not so much that like because they're elite number one and two centers on every team in NHL again it's the way the Bruins play it's the way they've done it forever with Krejci and Bergeron and it's like it's just different than every other team but if, like if you're again like if in 2022 your number two center is making 5.25 that is incredible like it's so it, it's so black and white with so many fans. So it's like super in the moment. Like, oh my god, our third line center is making over five million. No, and in year no four he's going to be we were thirty. David back is six million dollars. So, oh my god, <laughs> well, where he plays physical. Um, but the, this does tie in with something that I, I wanted to talk about, which was uh, there were some cap projections that came out for the Atlantic for the next two years, and. Toronto and Screw. Tampa Bay are absolutely fucked. Tampa Bay was and already Bruins, fucked. Like they were fucked and the Bruins already. look pretty good. Like it's they they have it's going to be tight. Um but I I think you have to rely on them one either Chara retiring or continuing to take absurd discounts um and and two Krejci possibly leaving um or retiring. But they're they're pretty set like at, at all positions right now they they don't need much and and they mm-hmm. have players coming in yeah so i i mean the the bruins aren't in great shape cap wise especially if the cap's not going up but they're in much better shape than their biggest competition in the atlantic and they're already a they're two they're two biggest team. competitors in the atlantic 
That's what I'm saying. Their their biggest competition, like. Oh, I thought you said you meant like competitor, like singular. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, they're they're already. I guess you could say that Tampa is as good, if not better, talent wise. Um, but the the Bruins have been able to show this season that they they can at least compete and be better than Tampa Bay. Um, and in in the future, they'll have more flexibility financially, uh, especially given that they're not paying their elite goaltender uh, $2 million more than he's worth. Um, yeah, uh, so, I mean, I, I like where we're at. I, I think it's... I think we're in a good position. Um, we, because you're Don the, Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when when I get really excited, I, I refer to the Bruins as a we. Um, but I, I <laughs> did want to talk about good. one more thing before we get to the Bruins. Um, I'm wearing my, my San Diego Gulls shirt. Uh, and you're also wearing your dog. Yeah, that too. He's being really annoying. He was he's, he's in a he's in like a little in the hallway. like pouch sack kangaroo he kind of thing. He only calms down if you put him in the bag. Um but <laughs> I, fucking all right. We do, do not call the authorities because Chris is not abusing a, a dog by putting it in a bag. He's in a little he's in a little carry bag. Yeah. That's that's different than putting him in a fucking zippered up bag, or duffel bag or some shit. <laughs> All right, so Colin, I know you're a big Andre Kasha fan. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So I I got to see him play for a couple of years in in San Diego. Uh, became a big fan. Was very excited when the Bruins traded for him. Uh, I know you've been doing the same kind of thing you were doing with uh, with Charlie Coyle and, and clipping some of his stuff. And uh, tell me what you've seen. So my um trying to think how to actually phrase this so i've been following so yes i do shit for bruins diehards i'm bruins uh diehard fan whatever but like i actually have a lot more fun uh watching other hockey teams uh do the hockey uh because i'm not like <laughs> living and dying on like wins and losses um, so I'll, I, every year I will either pick a team that I try to watch like most of their games, or if there's certain players that like I see once and I'm like, Ooh, I really want to watch that player again. I'll watch that team. So like this year I was really excited or not really excited. I was very sad that Marcus Johansson went to the Sabres and couldn't resign with the Bruins. So I watched a really... <laughs> And like it was pretty painful. Like it was, it really hurt me a lot. But like probably two or three years ago, um, I watched one single Ducks game and like just watched Andre Kasha, and I was immediately enamored with Andre Kasha. Like he is, I don't think people understand like how good he really is, especially being in the East Coast and not watching any Ducks and like watching Ducks hockey, especially this year. Is Oh my god! It's, it's tough. Oh, holy hell! It is painful to watch. Unless you're rooting for the other team. Literally, like you're like this. I don't. Even want, this team sucks so bad. I don't want them to win anything ever. But uh, 
which I usually am. They're the geographically closest NHL team to me, but my West Coast team is the Sharks, and the mine's Ducks mine's Seattle. I would have watched the Ducks over the Sharks <laughs> this year because at least they would like. They had... Oh, the Sharks were awful this year. They were so bad. That Carlson contract. Uh, no, my, my uh, I guess my Pacific team this year was the Oilers because I watched so many Oilers games. Interesting. They were fun to watch, though. They like they the way they play. It's like there, there's no more fun team to watch than the Oilers. Even the Bruins. Uh, it's ridiculous. I was so excited to see playoff Connor McDavid because like I remember watching the one year they were in the playoffs when we were allowed to have fans there. First of all, Edmonton's <laughs> absolutely psychotic and like i mean he was insane like he was so goddamn good he was like you know 12 years old so like that i was it really sucked when they decided to not be good anymore um but edmonton like three that that year they were my team to watch because of i mean those 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 the big cam talbot year right right yeah yeah yeah. cam talbot was insane yeah and like the last year luch had like 22 goals it was his first year in Edmonton. He was still really good. He had the A there, so um, they were one of my guilty pleasures for sure. Now it's the Wild. Um, Wild's my favorite Western that's, Conference. That's interesting. <laughs> I love the Wild. It's, yeah, they're my they're my second favorite team in the NHL. Hundred percent. It's a weird choice. I I had to I had to forego my uh, my Blues fandom because of the Stanley Cup, obviously. But Vladimir Tarasenko is like a huge like hockey crush of mine. He's just a crush in general. I think he's fucking hot, man. <laughs> yep, man rock. <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty adorable. Yeah, for sure. He's, yeah, you know, especially once he lost that tooth last year. I'd like to shoot his pucks. I don't know what that means. Oh, but... that is that is kind of nasty. I don't know what that means. Really no clue what that means, but... All right, so Andre Kasha. Oh, yeah, were we talking about him? And then we got to sing out because <laughs> I got to go after some Kasha talk, boys. Yeah, yeah, well, let me, let him talk about the Bruins for for a couple. The Bruins, minutes, but... no, this is the Bruins right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I think it was uh, I think it was maybe playoffs in sixteen that I saw. No, couldn't have been. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But like the first year I watched him play, I was like, this kid is an absolute animal. And like his nickname in Anaheim's the Energizer Bunny. So like. People, especially in Boston, they look at him and they're like, oh, my God, he's small. He gets hurt a lot. He doesn't fight anyone. He sucks, dude. Like, he's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, get Ryan Reeves. <laughs> um, but, like, when you talk about a possession monster, like, for the past two, three years, he's been, like, if you look at the analytics crowd, like, this is going to be the breakout player of the year. So then 16, 17, he goes off for 20 goals, and I think he only played uh, 50 or 60 games. Uh, but again, he got hurt. He has really, really bad concussion issues. And again, the people that call him soft, the reason that he had the concussion issue was because he would go full speed right. into the dirty areas and get absolutely crushed. And almost every injury that he has, especially with the concussions, is from like a really dirty hit. And it's like, it's because he beats the defenseman to the wall and he just gets absolutely obliterated and he's tiny. Well, he's not tiny, but he's not big. Um, so that's why like he has all these injury issues is because like he had no, he's like it's kind of like Matt Grizzlick Matt Grizzlick and Bjork had to learn how to like play without like putting themselves at risk 95% of the time they're on the ice like they just go full speed into one area and just get just crushed um, but yeah so he I mean 
he's got he I mean he, all he does is shoot like and first of all if you're looking for a second line right wing for David Krejci what have we been missing forever as a sniper like someone that actually wants to shoot the puck Andre Kasha will shoot the puck from behind to Karras he'll just do it he doesn't care check yourself before you wreck yourself yeah and he's got he, his wrist shot is like it's a bullet so he put up 20 and whatever I think it was like 60 something games and I immediately was like since then, I would jokingly, on my real name Twitter account, that was the only account I had until last summer, uh, <laughs> I'd be like, I need Andre Kasha on the Bruins. And it was like one of those things where, you know, the Bruins would never trade or sign uh, like any big name players other than like David Backus. Yeah. <laughs> so, like since then, I've just been like the biggest Kasha stan in the world. And then it's like, then last, I think it was last season, he only played 30-something games because, again, concussion, just getting absolutely crushed by someone, like, dirty from behind because, again, like, all he does is skate a 1,000 miles an hour into dangerous areas and get killed. Um, but I think he had 20 points in, like, 32 games last year. Then he was out for the year. Then this year starts, and he still has, like, the lingering issues. So, like, his points didn't look good at all. But... Well, he only played six games of the Bruins, too. So, I mean, it's like especially Boston fans who didn't get to see him play in Anaheim only saw him for six games. And I had so – because, again, I've been saying this for, like, two years that I wanted him on the Bruins so bad. And, like, this year, like, at the beginning of the year, like, before the season started, he, he was – it was, like, pretty much a done deal until the GMs found out that it got out. They went full Lou Lamorello and, like, canceled the trade because, like, people found out about it. But it was, like – he was going to get moved for Justin Falk. And it was, that's when I was like, oh my God, like trading for him is actually like a possibility. So then they went full Lou and he stayed in Anaheim and I got even more excited because I was like, this could happen. Um, <laughs> but like, so again, like we talk about East Coast bias. Like I don't think Bruins fans understand how good a guy like Drew Doughty is. Like, you know, you, he's got like a Norris, but like that dude is absurd and he has been forever. So he's also making $11 million. Yeah, so, so now that he's making 11 million <laughs> and the team sucks and like he had, he didn't have a great year this year. Um, and now it doesn't look as good. But, like the East Coast bias thing is real. Like people no, don't. No, but Drew, da- Drew Doughty was the comp. Uh, it, it was him and P.K. Subban for Charlie McAvoy coming out of the yeah, draft. Yeah, they called McAvoy the, the, the American Drew Doughty. And it's like, yeah, like that's, fairly accurate but people are like what the fuck are you talking about who's Drew Doughty but like the East Coast bias is real so before like especially this year like no one knew how good uh Andre Kasha is number one like how many Bruins fans on Twitter are like analytics people zero and then uh like four <laughs> yeah or have ever watched an Anaheim Bobby R so the easiest thing to do was like hockey DB or hockey reference Kasha and it was like 25 games eight points it's like it's- yeah (laughs) this guy fucking sucks um but the way that i described him to a lot of people who i've talked to like and it's kind of a weird comparison because i'm taking away a lot from the other player but like he is if you were to imagine like a 20 30 goal uh danton heinen with a little bit less defensive prowess that's andre kasha and he skates a thousand miles an hour and he's got he's ridiculously skilled but his hockey IQ is off the charts. He's always the big thing about him. He's always in the right spot to like for a good scoring chance. And yeah. he is. Guess who puts the puck in the right spot? Charlie Coyle. David, David Krejci. Krejci. 
and then so when he comes to the Bruins and it's like we always talk about David Preach has that revolving door of right wings and now after the trade deadline he had a revolving left and right wing he had new guys that he's never played with before that like in a perfect ideal scenario that I don't think we probably will see in this playoff but it's like comparable to the Lucic, Krejci, Horton line uh Nick Ritchie is very good he's slow and Yes, he is out of shape. Like, that's just a fact. That's been a comment from, like, three years. People are like, oh, this is new. I can't believe Milbury's killing him on, like, on, like, live television. Like, dude, people have been saying this for three years about Nick Ritchie. But he is very good. Like, he is really good. And, like, despite his living in the penalty box for, like, really stupid uh, penalties, he's another possession monster. So... All right, Colin, I'm going to cut you short on Nick Ritchie. I need two minutes on the Boston Bruins. They're elite. Uh, number one of the greatest teams of all time. So during the pause, we obviously had no Bruins to watch or any other real hockey happening. So naturally I decided, hey, let's give video games a shot. (laughs) And I gave them a shot and I realized, oh my God, I can make my own franchise. And this lined up perfectly with... um, he who shall not be named, who may or may not own the Boston Bruins. Jeremy Jorkobs. An absolute dingus. Uh, just the worst human ever. Um, and like, like, hey, we're not going to pay anybody anything. Actually, we're actually going to ask for their money that they made back because we didn't, uh, you know, finish the season. So I said, hey, I am making um, a new team in Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins. Two O's, people. Uh <laughs> The coach, um, no first or last name, just the middle name, Torts. Uh, no, not not John Tortorella, just Torts. Tortilla. Just really angry uh, press conference, John Tortorella. That's who it was. It was just that Torts. Uh, and the owner was uh, Jacob Jeremy. And I made the Boston Bruins with, I wish I could have put, like, uh, you know, goals for the season or like, you got to win the cup or whatever. Uh, I, I really wanted to make my own that was um, put the Boston Bruins, a.k.a. just uh, Jeremy Jacobs, out of business. <laughs> Fuck this guy. We're putting him out of business. Weirdly similar jerseys, weirdly similar looking uh, home ice. Uh, strangely enough, pretty similar players. Uh, first draft pick, Andre Kasha. Second draft pick, Brandon Carlo. In the expansion draft, thank you. And, uh, you know, we were, I think I put it on uh, super easy mode or whatever, and I think I won every game about 14 to nothing. So, you know, uh, Garden TD um, was absolutely <laughs> rocking, and I think a lot of the fans were very receptive to the team in Boston that wasn't owned by uh, the opposite of uh, Jacob Jeremy. And uh, winning every game by 14 goals and averaging 112 uh, penalty minutes a game. So, go Bruins! Uh, go Bruins! You're gonna be real. I'm actually gonna. I'm on a. I, I work in a high school, so I, I make a ton of money in education. So I'm actually gonna uh, start my own NHL franchise, and within probably a year or two, it'll get recognized by the NHL. And another team in Boston will be super appealing uh, to add to another expansion team. And uh, we're going to put that guy out of business forever. And we're just going to take all of the Boston Bruins players. Let's go, uh, go Bruins, uh, two O's owner, uh, Jeremy Jacob. I'm oh, sorry. Nope. 
Jacob Jeremy, uh, Coach Torts, uh, Captain uh, Andre Kasha. So that's what's going to happen. All right, Drew has to Drew has to leave. I have a very un- unsettled dog here. Just can't leave. Uh, um, so that's what's going to happen. At this point, Colin, I can only hear like one out of every three words you're saying, but I'm sure the recording's picking up on it. They're all really good. They're all really good. All words. Silver words. dollar words. I have the I have the best words. Best uh, words. I have all the SAT prep silver dollar words. Chris, do you want to wrap up with your brunes or save it or what? You say you had brunes stuff. That's me. No, no, no. That, that was. Oh, that was all that. I, well, I know. That was Chris. You asked for like Colin sixty seconds or so. So I don't know. No, no, no. I, I just wanted Colin to talk about the brunes okay. for a couple minutes. I thought I thought you said you had a couple minutes worth to talk on it. But... Oh, Drew, Drew, no, no, if, no. You, if you missed out, then I can just keep going. I can just keep. <laughs> no, I I got friends showing up in ten seconds or so. Um, all right, I'm I'm done recording. Well, no, what? Um, no, I haven't pressed stop. We yet. gotta sing out. What are you singing, uh, Colin? What is one of your favorite musical artists right now? Oh my god! Like right I'm... now? No, I'm not asking like all time or anything. Like right now, who would you say is someone you listen to a lot? Not necessarily a favorite. Um, you know, I'd say, um, <clears throat> yeah, Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> All right, Chris, do you know any songs? I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Um, I got a love, got a love, but it's all my know. Whoa. Oh.